Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Today on the podcast, Michael and Nate talk about the bread and the juice. What is this thing called communion, and how does it relate to what we think about God? We'll share some funny communion stories along the way. So sit back, relax, and we hope you'll enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey Michael, how are you doing this week? Doing all right, Nate. How are you? I am doing wonderful. I just got back from the Preachers Conference, which we have some bonus material that's coming out as a separate episode. So nice. be looking for that. Yeah, it was a good time. So what are you up to? Um, well, I've just been doing some uh, sermon planning today. And uh, we're doing a series. Sounds like a good thing to do. Yeah, sir. We're doing a series on lamentation. You love lamenting. We've I, talked a lot about. I that. do. I like. I like lamentation. I also like the idea that leading up to um, Thanksgiving, that we'd talk about lament. Yeah, because I don't cool. think that uh, you know, uh, true true Thanksgiving uh, doesn't come from. A fantasy view of the world. It comes from a place of uh, authenticity, and I think lament is, um, you know, in order to experience authentic praise, you have to experience uh, an authenticity about where you're really standing, uh, the loss you've experienced, just those sort of things. And so, yeah, working on that today. It's gonna be a five-week series. Five-week series, which is interesting because the first four chapters are original to the text and then it looks like the fifth one was probably added later on whoa whoa wait a second so i'm gonna add it on yeah i'm not sure how to deal with all of that i want to make sure i'm true to the text you know not Not today but maybe we should do a pontificating pastors on scriptural interpretation (laughs) and adding to adding to the text and how that all works out because I know in my congregation, sometimes when I say things like, oh, this last chapter of John is probably an add-on, people's eyes go, excuse me? What? What? It didn't (laughs) arrive from heaven that way? We'll save that for another episode (laughs) of Pontificating Pastors. (laughs) I felt like you might have wanted me to echo that with you, but I wasn't sure that I could be in sync. So I I didn't try. I didn't want to mess it up. Uh, but no, one, one of the things we were talking about is during this series is whether or not we want to do uh, communion during a series on lament, you know. There you go. And, right. So, uh, and maybe some juxtaposition with all of that. But uh, anyway. Yeah, I think you should do that because, you know, there's a lot of brokenness in communion. Sure there is. I mean, the broken bread, the poured out wine. Right. Spilt you know, blood. Poured out juice. Sorry. Sorry. My God, my juice. God. Yeah. <laughs> You Nazarenes out there, it's okay. We haven't fallen off a cliff. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Jesus had wine, so 
yeah. Are we having that conversation? Are we having that conversation today? (laughs) But I was going to say, you know, things like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Sounds like a lament to me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. On the cross. Yeah. We'll be doing that. Trying to be true to the book of of Lamentation. Well, uh, communion's a good topic. Sure. Let's just throw that out there today. (laughs) Sure. You know, um, (laughs) one of my favorite communion stories is uh, there was this, we, we were serving communion, and, and after we had served the, the sanctuary, we went back to where the children's uh, gathering was, and there was, you know, the, the children's pastor and all of these uh, youngins, and uh, we brought... Uh, youngins. Brought, yeah, youngins. That's, and, that's <laughs> only in Texas you can say that. <laughs> and so we brought, Hey, you youngins, y'all hey. want some of this here juice and bread? <laughs> So it was almost like that. Um, so we walked up and we said, "Hey, uh, you know, we'd like to serve you communion." And the, the you know, the children's pastor was uh, inside of the kids, and 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 so we served the communion to the children's pastor. Um, and one of the kids goes, "Oh, good snacks! All I've <laughs> all I've had to eat today is boogers and fingernails." No. Oh yeah. It was awesome. That so, is great. Remaining reverent, you know. <laughs> and mom was proud too. Oh, her, what are you feeding yes. your kid? That You're feeding them yes. boogers and fingernails. That kid's mom was standing right there when when that little girl said that, and it was part of a balanced breakfast. Oh, I can't. She that young lady would be a high a senior in high school at this point. Oh, it was a young lady. And, we should just call her out. No, I'm <laughs> No, I'm, I'm going to leave her name quiet because she would die all over herself if she knew I told that story for yeah, a larger audience. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure, yeah. And this is this audience is getting larger by the moment. So. Oh, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> you think so? I was hanging yeah. out with some SNOO students, and uh, there were some fans of pontificating pastors in the house. So. Oh, no. Yeah, it was awesome. So they're the ones yeah. that ended up on that special edition. Well, my church... We went for, to Intinction after I came. And for those of you who don't know, Intinction is a method where you break off a piece of the bread, you dip it down in the cup, and then you eat it, like right there. I know some people, they have the trays and they pass them around with the little styrofoam-feeling wafers and the little individual cups. But, but we really believe that we're one body, so we get the one loaf, we get the one cup, and everybody goes to the same place, and we dip in, we dip in the bread in the cup. But when I first got there, we hadn't done it that way. They hadn't done it that way very much, and so um, it was a learning curve. So we had many communion fails. So <laughs> one of some of the favorites, um, we had a little old lady who has since passed on, um, who had come from another tradition where they did use wine. And so if you have wine, there's, you know, there's alcohol in it, which actually kind of kills germs if people put their mouth on the rim of the cup. Well, she, she takes the bread, eats it, and just grabs the cup out of poor intern's hand and takes a sip. <laughs> we had another senior adult who was a longtime Nazarene, so he's just learning this. So he takes the bread, gets it to his mouth, like touching his lips, realizes oh "Oh, yeah i gotta dip that so then he dips and then eats but probably the best um 
was the little girl, and I didn't see this at the time, so I'm up handing the bread, and I'm not really looking at the cup, and I'm, I, when I, one of the things I love about in a smaller church, um, distributing the elements is I know, except for visitors, I know everybody walking through that line. Sure, you know their name. And so I call them by name, and so, you know, I'll, I'll say like, uh, Paula, this is the body of Christ broken for you. And it's a very sure. meaningful, very powerful. It, sure. it brings us together. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, you know, all focused on who the next person was and making sure I knew everybody's names. And and I I didn't notice this little girl had gone through. And I, I out of the corner of my eye, I see these, I hear the kids, the youth, like chuckling. And two of them are mine. So I give the dad look. Uh-oh. And I'm like, you know, you guys, y'all better calm down during the reverence thing, right? So these people are receiving the body and blood of Christ. This is significant. And so after church, I'm talking to the teens, and and they're like, we're sorry, but that little girl went through, and she ate her bread right away. So she didn't know what to do, so she took two fingers, dipped them down in the cup, and went, and just sucked the juice (laughs) up. Oh my so everybody else Love. after her was receiving whatever germs she had picked up on the floor or playing in, out in the lobby that yeah, morning. Uh-huh. So the body, it was the blood of Christ and some of the playground. Yeah. yeah. This is the penicillin of Christ <laughs> mold here grown for you. Yes. That's another yeah. one. Before I came to this church, they had a lady who used to set up the, the communion. It was a favorite story when I first arrived. They would do the little cups. And they would do the little wafers. And I guess somebody realized after they distributed them all that there was mold growing in the little cups because she had like distributed them early enough where they'd been sitting out in the oh, mold no. in the grape juice. So yeah, I can't do it this week, so I'm going to come in early. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> this is the mold of Christ. Oh, uh, some, God. Some of your faith is a little stale. Uh, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I better yeah, be I... careful. I'm going to get to the point where someone's like, why are you being sacrilegious on your podcast? <laughs> well, well, I, I've i seen you in, in live person. And it's <laughs> not just on the podcast that you're, that you're sacrilegious. <laughs> I think, you uh, know, if we can't laugh at ourselves, then sure, you know, sure. who can we laugh at? So, yeah. yeah so how do sense... you guys receive communion at your place? Oh, we do. We do intinction. We, you know, we thought, you know, when when we got our church in a box, because that's the company, Portable Church Industries. Church in a box. Uh, we could do a whole, I'm sorry. Oh, I know. And, I know and it bothers I you. I <laughs> it's problematic. Hey, your church in you know, a box. Here's your church in a box. All you have to is do the is company, work the plan and the plan will work. Is the company called La Ecclesia? <laughs> no. no. We hand off this church it, in a box. It's Portable Church Industries, and they're uh, and and really they have a mission to help you know plant churches, and so it's a it's a good company. It's it's a fun name, Church in a Box. Um, yeah, and, I know. And we and so you know it's good you're planning a small like, church because the box could get really big if you start. Well, with like you know you can people. buy. Like I went to pick up our Church in a Box, right? Like I brought my empty trailer, right? And I went to pick it up and. It was complete with everything I had ordered, and I'm looking around. And I'm going, "Wow, you got a lot of orders to fill here." And they're like, "Yeah, some of these, 
some of these congregations will start with two or two 24-foot trailers loaded down with things, um, and they're starting with you know. Basically, what happens there is when a when a large church, large mother church, decides to give birth to a to a new church, um, that they'll send you know 200 people and. Yeah, it's kind of like people who have big babies in their family, like you know, just they're just larger, <laughs> larger babies. Yeah, we I'm always kidding. had little little tiny babies. Um, and, That's the and, Church in a Box <laughs> Deluxe Edition. <laughs> well, there are there are you know you can get the you know the green liner, the blue line, the gold line. Yeah, but you know, you I'm sorry, different. I have completely sidetracked you right now. That's okay, that's okay. But what you need to know is that in the church in the box, provided that you would like for it to be there in your hospitality cart, where your coffee maker and those kind of things exist, um, that there will be a box with those little communion cups that you t- you rip the top and you pull the wafer out and then you rip the second top and you, you drink the juice, right? You know, for right. big conferences and stuff like that. And we got some of those because we, you know, we ordered the church in the box and there it was and we were like, uh, yeah, I just can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was, you know, that first Sunday was, you know, 60 people and, and uh, uh, don't get excited, folks, because after 60 people, it went back down to like 28 people and <laughs> so you know it's kind of a roller coaster of numbers yeah but uh, and none of them get very large at all but um but that whole communion cup i remember being at th- events like you know back in the day promise keepers or yeah uh or some big you know event where they wanted to serve communion to everybody i went to an exponential which is a church planning conference and they want to serve communion they had those little Right, uh, tear off the top, you know, and, and do the thing, and then we go to NYC Nazarene Youth Conference. Yeah, and, uh, and they they have it, and somehow you know, uh, it's supposed to be this very sacred thing, and you're you're ripping the cellophane top, and the, the whole yeah, it erupts like, with the tearing of, of a cellophane top, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so I have this hairdresser. I sometimes just walk into one of those places like sport clips or something where you can just kind of walk in without making an appointment because I have this notorious habit of waiting until way too long to cut my hair. And so I'm talking to this lady and she's talking about her church. I won't say the name of the church because some people might know it, mm-hmm. but she's like, yeah, they just said, they gave us these little cups and they said, you can, you can just take this whenever you want. This is just between you and Jesus. And it's that one little cup and the one little mm-hmm. wafer and, and I'm sitting in the chair, like, cringing. Like, how how big of a theological dissertation do I unload upon this poor, unsuspecting hair lady, like, hairdresser? I, I don't think she can take what's about to just, uh, like, explode out of my mouth. And basically, right. I uh, ended up not saying much because I was just like... <laughs> Good, you know, good for you. This is not a point where there needs to be an argument, but everything within my body cringed at the idea of communion. Wait, the word there, you know, like <laughs> to commune, like sure, being sure. about me and Jesus. So mm-hmm. not even all three parts of the Trinity, just Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, we're only yeah, communing we're break with apart the, the Trinity, So you, yeah. can, you can take the part you like. Yeah, if you don't like the Spirit, you don't have to have communion with the Spirit. Well, the Spirit um, convicts us. We don't like that. <laughs> no, you got to leave, leave you out. And I'm scared of God the Creator because He's so much bigger than me. 
Right. Yeah. I need Jesus. He died. At least he died. Yeah. Well, then he rose again. Maybe he's too scary too. I don't know. Um, I, I hate the the whole language where we talk where we break apart the Trinity. That this is such a problematic thing for me, and I think we do it sometimes at the worst times, especially in in those oh, communion moments, uh, and in in worship we do the same thing. We talked about that last week with the dimming of the lights and the making of a concert, so I don't have to be distracted by the sinner next to me. But uh, anyway, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, I, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say on our table, uh, communion table, we have the painting called uh, the three visitors. We have a print of that printed out uh-huh. and it's, it's supposed to represent the Trinity. And then there's this cup in the middle of it. And then there's this little square at the bottom. And I was taking this class and I was reading this book and the, the guy said, that square has always been represented in that painting. When more artists have done it, they just keep putting the square in. It's like on front of the table. And he said, originally, that was such a giant piece of artwork that that little square was a mirror. And you were supposed to look at yourself and realize that yeah. you are being invited <laughs> into the, the fellowship of the Trinity right. uh, through the cup and through the bread. And so that's what sits on our uh, communion table is this picture that says, um, picture yourself here, right? Because, yeah, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit are inviting us into communion. And not sure. just us, but us with each other. And that's why we like that one body, that one piece of bread. Um, man, there's so many different theological implications just in communion. being taken aback by the plastic cup and the little cellophane lids and whatnot one time. Yeah, like I mean, in California, first... those plastic things might be outlawed. They kill, <laughs> they kill birds. I don't know. I don't know if they it's can possible. do that anymore. It's possible. I, don't, I really don't know. Um, I haven't been to California lately and don't know a whole lot of Californians. But um, I, I, have this, uh, I have this problem kind of with that cup, that little cellophane thing. You know, it just... Something about it was it's just... It's too convenient. It was too... That was the problem. That's exactly... I looked at the people around me, and I'm like, this is just too convenient. So what I did was I squished it after I was done, and I stuck it in my pocket, in my pants. And I vowed not to not to take it out did before the end of the day. Did you get a juice stain? Or yeah, other, I got I, juice, I figured juice I was stain say, on my pants. Like, it was like, like the old dip cans that make the ring yeah, in your pants. <laughs> And yeah, well, it was in my front pocket where my I key, know, my keys. I'm just kidding. And so I, so I went to pull out my keys, and all day, every day, there was this. What have I got? This piece of trash? Oh, it's not a piece of trash. It's it was me facing down the inconvenience of the cross, and the inconvenience of of communion, and that's kind of stuck with me. And so every time I have to receive communion, uh, in that in that uh, way and I have that little plastic cup it's become a thing where I just stick it in my pocket and carry it around all day so that it's at least some part of communion is inconvenient yeah well the other thing is I think just the symbolism and and the real nature of uh, communion tells us what kind of people we're supposed to be so 
Like we are not supposed to work like the world operates. We're not supposed to dominate people to get ahead. We're not supposed to be looking right. out for our own right. ego. We're not supposed to be like, even like, you know, so trumpeting our accomplishments. We, we're broken and poured out. And, and some of us were talking about how even like in our churches, in our Nazarene institutions, like who do we get to come speak at graduations? The successful, <laughs> those who have done something in the world. Like we don't get the janitor to come speak at commencement. <laughs> no. Like, but we talk about being this servant group of people. So I think, yeah, oh, it just yeah. reminds us over and over again the world is upside down. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's that whole leadership paradigm. You know, we're always stuck trying to everybody be the leader or be a leader, um, which, you know, is not a bad thing that people would want to take up the authority that we've been given in Christ. But I think sometimes we overuse that whole leadership paradigm. And where's the followership paradigm? Where's yeah. the, yeah. when are we going to talk about what it means to follow. And I think communion is one of those times where it, you know, where we go stand in line. Right. We wait with other with other believers and we say, I'm I'm waiting to receive. That's one uh, of the things I love about having interns is I a lot of times don't share the meal anymore. So I get to get in line with everybody else. I get to go stand in line with my people and say oh, yeah. I'm here for grace too. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm your pastor. Man. You know, yeah, I yeah. mean, I love you. Well, now you've just I'm ruined it because you, you bragged. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's something I realized this week. I was at this preacher's conference, and you know, Thomas Merton talks about the false self and the. Don't the real talk self. about Thomas Merton. I know. Don't, don't bring him up. He Dude, just wrecks us. He just always wrecks us. I know, and he's too much of a mystic for some people. But I have to. Oh, admit, I love him. I have I a little him. bit of this om in me. Oh like, hey, yeah. I, I listen. <laughs> I'm to hoping I'll hit the right frequency sometime, and it, and the whole universe will open up to my mind. I I have this. I listen to Gregorian chants. Do you and, really? Oh yeah. And what's funny is Kobe. <laughs> Kobe sent me a message. Nathan's fiance, and she said, "What have you done to your son? He is listening to Gregorian chants while doing his homework." And I'm like, "That a boy, Junior. That a boy." <laughs> so anyway. Here's what I realized this week, and this is just about me not really understanding the, the, the communion meal as well as I want to. Every time I go to a denominational event, the one thing that tries to rise up more than any other thing is that false self. I want to be important. I want people to know me. I want to be noticed. You know, it's like I want to be somebody within this little tribe that we have or whatever. Oh, sure. You know, sure. it's like that That whole thing tries to mm -hmm. push its way forward. Like, I want to get invited to be a, a commencement speaker. Yeah, I mean, it's all those yeah. kinds of things. And, and it's just like, because our identity, are you trying to get some chance going? There you go. I hear it. <laughs> yeah, that's let's just, just for you. Let's just pause for a moment here. I don't know if that's going to come across well in the audio, but anyway. All right, go ahead. Yeah, the first audi uh, artist on my iTunes is a Gregorian chant. So anyway, yeah, um, awesome. and then there's Nirvana a little ways down. <laughs> I'm just, I'm an enigma. But um, yeah. so anyway, yeah, I think that one of the things that, that we face 
I mean, no matter what profession we're in, pastors just like everybody else. Like we want to thought, be thought of as a successful pastor. We want to be thought of as someone who preaches, uh, you know, the gospel well. <laughs> sure. We want people sure. to to think that we we are good at the profession we've been, uh, the vocation we've been called to, and and I think you know when we all get together, that's when ultimately we should be this broken body together that sure. says, you know, here's where I'm vulnerable. But instead, a lot of times there's this kind of thing that we've got to, you know, we've just got to make sure that we are, we look the part, we act the part. And so, yeah, right. I, I think it's interesting to me, like even just today, I was thinking about the idea and just this meal teaches me that, that if I really want to be the kind of pastor that God's called me to do, maybe like getting rid of some of those things that that caused me to live into that false self that, you know, that self that lives out of the ego and not out of God's spirit. So, you know, giving up some things that maybe make me feel important or, you know what I'm saying? So sure. Sure. Like this podcast may have to go if it gets too big. It's just like, (laughs) I'm kidding. It's it's feeding my ego way too much. It's feeding my ego. No, I will miss talking to you too much though. So, well, yeah, we'll still we'll still talk. We just may not record it. Yeah. Um, what else which, about communion theologically? What are some other factors? I I think there's a ton because we have gotten to the point at community where we almost always receive communion because it like every sermon could go there. Oh well, every, yeah. I mean, if we're going to talk about the resurrection, then the way the resurrection lives in us is is through our surrender to it, not not uh, if we wave it like a banner that uh of, right. of, of victory over over others because because if yeah, you, it was if a victory over a victory, sin not a victory yeah. over others <laughs> right but if you if you treat it like it's a victory over others then what you're saying is i have i deserve my seat at this table right and if and you totally miss grace if you say i deserve my seat at this table and then you disqualify yourself for a seat at the table or at least you put yourself in jeopardy of losing your seat at the table by telling others that they're not welcome because it's not your table yeah Right. It's his table, right? right? And so, and he says, "Listen, don't, don't, don't elevate yourself, so that I have to come to where you are and say, what are you doing in that seat? Go sit down there in the at the kitty table or whatever, you know. Don't get demoted. <laughs> you don't want to get demoted at the table. And I'm not sure how that all works, but I'm pretty sure that he's the one who gets to judge because it's his table. Yeah, I think I think there could be a great message in there somewhere. Learning to live at the kitty table. Yeah." Yeah, and maybe someday they'll come and get you and say, "You're sitting here at the kid table, man. You, you come on, let's go sit by, you know, somebody right. else." Yeah, I think the other thing that you just kind of alluded to is one of the things that the Eucharist and communion. First of all, it's a, it's grace, so there is this sense of thanksgiving, and there's also a sense that um, we're all equal at the table. So it doesn't matter how much you achieve during the week. Doesn't matter if you run a Fortune 500 company or if you don't have a job at the present time or if you're unable to ever work again. Like what you produce during the week doesn't matter. It matters like whether you trust your seat at the table. Right. Yeah. yeah. It matters whether you trust in this savior. And so, yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely that Um, man. So many different things uh, that I just like. Like I said, most sermons, 
I, I wonder come if, back to if I come late, if I come late to the table, or if I come early to the table, does that change the value of the seat I'm in? Right. You know, and I mean, I think that that's kind of what every parable, not every parable, but a lot of the parables that Jesus was talking about can, if you take them and you tell those parables while sitting at the communion table, they just become yeah. so much richer, you know, so that's, much more valuable to that's us. That's good. Yeah. This week we talked about how even at the first Lord's Supper, we were talking about the psalm where you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, mm -hmm. that Jesus actually was in the presence of Judas, in the presence of an enemy. Sure. And uh, so even maybe our enemies gather around that table, and ultimately they won't be enemies after we have uh, yeah. been transformed by the grace sure. of God. But, but they may start as enemies, and we choose to sit down sure. uh, because of grace, because we've right. been given grace. Yeah, Could, so. I think yeah. Dan Boone likes to say, "Holy love keeps people in a conversation." Yeah, yeah and I think good. I think sometimes that's that's what's happening at that table is holy love is being uh, expected right. of us, yeah. and and so the accountability in that moment, not in a not in a you know finger pointing, finger shaking kind of a way, but in a uh, just the the honor that the table deserves. You know, says holy love keeps us in this. This is not the place to air your grievances and and beat one another over the he head with your disagreements. Um, this this is the place where we all come to receive grace from the one who can who can offer it. Yeah, and I think John Wesley was the one who said, you know, to eat it as often as you can and drink it as often as you can. <laughs> yeah, he did. I you know, I was oh, I ahead. was just thinking. I was just thinking, what would it look like? If Jesus sat down to the table and looks around and he goes, "Where's so and so?" Like, yeah. what would he do? Would like pause? Everyone stop! And Jesus runs outside to go hunt down so and so. The one you mean? Yeah the 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 he the, the, the sheep. He leaves the ninety nine to go find the one. You know, and we're all sitting there going, "I huh. think that would be kind of reckless love." That would. <laughs> Wait, wait, is the love reckless or isn't it? I think we need to debate that. <laughs> wait, we're missing think, the whole point. <laughs> I th yeah, I think reckless might be redundant. Yeah, when you're using the word love, because I don't know. Is there any kind without risk? Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's got, it's got. I mean, God said, "Okay, I'm going to create this beautiful thing. I'm going to create these beautiful people. I'm going to create them in my own image, and then I'm going to let them decide what to do with it." That is reckless. I'm going to risk my creation to them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna turn it over to them. I'm gonna yeah. make them stewards of it. So much so that he didn't even name the animals. He was planning this before he finished, so that he said, "Hey, Adam, I didn't name these animals so that you could." Yeah. Right. Like. He already had a plan that he was going to let us in on it and let us have a, a say-so. What if we named him stupid things? He might. What if he hates the name Elephant? What if he thinks that's a dumb name? He's like, no, I was so going to call that a, a, you know, a trunk monster. What or, if I don't somebody know. <laughs> like Dr. Seuss's personality got a hold of the name? <laughs> Can you imagine what our world would be like? A schnoozlewart. A what's-in-mahoozie. A... <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that would be so crazy. So... Yeah, I think that um, that would be cool if Jesus like left and went and got someone. Like that, that would be really awesome. What would even be cooler is if we said, "Hey, we're missing someone from the the table today. 
And one of our people ran out to go get them. And we all. Yeah. We all said, you know, forget the table. Let's go get some. We can't eat. We can't have freedom until everybody can have freedom. We can't have peace until everybody can have peace. There's no joy until everybody has joy. There's no ice cream for anybody until there's ice cream for everybody. Yeah. That was a little bit of Jerry Seinfeld going on there. There you go. I love Seinfeld. <laughs> You're speaking my who, love who language. Are, who are these people that would just sit at the table while Jesus <laughs> ran out the door? Why wouldn't they follow me? What are they oh. thinking? <laughs> you got to believe it, buddy. Try my own Kramer. <laughs> There's your Kramer. <laughs> Lovely. I'm out there and I'm loving every minute of it. Sorry. Um, wow, we, we digress. That, so, was, yeah. that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I hope so, the table conversation is that good. One of the things I told my people last time uh, we served uh, the Eucharist was I, I talked about how people in the For those of you at home, Eucharist means Thanksgiving. And also communion, same meal. Um, <laughs> so the last time we, we served it, I, I said, you know, we Nazarenes for a while, we thought that if you took it too often, like it would become rote and it wouldn't mean anything. Oh, I said, absolutely. Is that Mexican food you eat today going to taste any worse because you ate it last week on Sunday, like <laughs> after church? A lot. No, no, grace no. is good all the time. All right? the time. And all the time, grace is yeah, good. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Just playing on those old sayings today. So Sure. Yeah, well, there is so much more I think we could Oh, we could keep going. Go into, but, but we should probably stop. Anything you want to close with today? Um, no, except to say that uh, if they're serving communion um, and they let you go by intinction, don't get a tiny piece of bread so that you have to touch the top of the juice. <laughs> Instead, tear off a large piece, dip it deeply, and then eat the whole soppy mess and say, thank you, Jesus, when yeah. you do. Well, I, I know I've told you about this before, but that that whole idea of taking a big piece, we, we did that communion fountain one time that was just bubbling <laughs> over. Because, yeah. yeah, I mean... Don't be chintzy with the grace of God. If you're going up there to get the grace uh-huh. of God and to eat it yeah. and take it in. Go boldly. I mean, get a big piece. If they run out, <laughs> shame on them. Shame on them. It, there should, it, it, communion, this is my rule. Like, I, if I've got a congregation and it's a given size, then I buy twice as much as I need because uh, communion wears, there should always be uh, a high quality and more than enough. Yeah, yeah. So... Well, we hope that you uh, all are part of a community where you can go receive communion. Um, I think there's there's something special about it. It's not miraculous, but God's grace does act in those moments. Uh, if we're opening ourselves up to God's grace and if we're receiving, uh, God's grace is there for us to receive. And so there is something pretty amazing about it. Uh, I think that's why they've written all those songs called Amazing Grace. So. <laughs> there have been like so. 15 versions of it. Yeah. There you go. Hey, man, I hope you have a great week. And uh, we may talk about some more sacraments as we go. That was kind of hey, fun. Hey, that one. sounds like fun. I yeah. enjoyed that. Maybe okay. we'll talk about weddings. Yeah, weddings are great. Yeah, all I got right. some good wedding stories. So. Yeah, me, me too. All, all right, right, man, I'll let you go. Love you. Take care. Love you too. All right, see you. Bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. 
We hope you have a great week.